0: Hey everybody, Sarah here. Just wanted to say a couple of things really quick before we get to the meat of the episode. First things first, sorry that it's been so long since the last episode. Things have been afoot as you can very probably imagine with the world, the state that it's in right now. There is new intro and outro music. It is called Two Wooden Wings by Molly Noise. She's gonna be on a future episode to talk about the song and also other stuff. Besides that, I think that that's all that I wanted to say up top. I hope that you enjoy this episode and that you're all staying safe. And uh, you'll hear from me, future Sarah, again uh, soon. Welcome to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I am Sarah, and with me today is Sage. Hello! Hello, Sage.
1: <laughs> Hello. Hello.
0: How are you?
1: I'm I'm doing pretty well. Like, um, right now I'm going through a bunch of old magic cards because I was cleaning my room. I'm going to give away all the ones that aren't white or green, um, because I'm sick of these shits fluttering my house. Um, (laughs) So, other than that, you know, I got a new job. That's been really nice. Um,
0: Ooh, what are you doing?
1: So, right now I'm doing um, basically, like, factory work, mass producing, doing quality control, and mass producing, um, like, medical masks, but, like, made out of, like, cloth. Um, So, that is leagues better than working at the Brewsters I was currently at because, damn. First off, I don't yeah. have to talk to people. Yeah. I can, um, uh, I can listen to music and shit. Like I oh, don't have rules. to think. I just you like just I just do work stuff. with my hands for like eight hours. Yeah, and it's uh, and the yeah. pay's better too. I make I'm only making ten an hour, but that's still better than a lot of places.
0: God, that's above minimum wage.
1: It is. It is above just... minimum wage. <laughs> Oh, I've only had one day of work so far, but I really liked it. And so this is, um, I am working, it's like, it's a nine-hour shift with an hour's worth of breaks, six days a week. So I'm working a lot. Wow, wow, yeah. Yeah, I like working.
0: Yeah, Well, and it sounds like it's, like, that's pretty essential work right now, specifically.
1: Yeah, it's a lot, uh, it's not driving me insane in the way that, like, people coming in and being shitty to me at an ice cream shop was
0: <laughs> yeah. because
1: that was like, I just viscerally hated everyone that came in and like mm-hmm. would have spat in their food if I could get away with it. But yeah, Alaska. I used,
0: to, I used to work at a, uh, like a uh, make your own pizza or sandwich place Oof. on um, like right off of campus in, in uh, Oklahoma. And it was it was a a miserable experience because we would stay open on uh, game nights until like four a.m. and there was Oof. always this horrible rush of like hundreds of people wanting to get in at uh, you know right like, around the past oh yeah that too like it there's it's it's it was pretty much like constant from. Uh, Whenever the game got out at like 8 or 9 p.m. or later, whatever it is, uh, until we literally have to kick people out uh, because of the law. Yeah. uh, We would like mass produce pizzas. Anyway, um, yeah, so I guess uh, this is is the first episode of this show that I'm recording – uh, in the new world, in the era of the <laughs> pandemic, this sort of like new psychodramatic hellscape we find ourselves in, within which the the mask of American imperialism has sort of completely fallen off, and now everybody is saying the quiet part as loudly as possible. Um, okay, did as- you? Um-
1: sorry, did you by chance listen to the most recent Trillbillies episode? It's on their Patreon. It was one of the premium ones.
0: Uh, is it, is it, uh, I, I did listen to uh, whichever most recent one was on their feed, which is uh, uniquely qualified for this time, where they do talk yes, about, like, yes, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> That's everyone saying the quiet part as low. That rules so hard. I was like listening to that at work and like grinning madly i know yeah yeah because that's
0: the vibe that is the vibe no so the the tribly tribly workers party is a really good leftist podcast that's um a bunch of people who live and work in uh, appalachia and people yeah (laughs) and uh i've always liked it because um i've like you know I, i i grew up in a trailer park um i I don't have a southern accent because my I'm I'm an antisocial person and always have been and you know media consumption sort of takes away your accent over time. I, I, yeah. You, but but it's always been really nice. Anytime I hear like southern people talk marks, it's like oh oh this is this is good. And if, it, like just yeah. one of my dream projects is like a cyberpunk film set in like rural oklahoma where it's like a, a a a mouthy hacker with a southern accent who nobody ever calls stupid um <laughs> i like that's my version of like I, I i i don't know characters with southern accents who are also like intelligent and empathetic you love to see it so oh um, yeah 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 so the I, workers party is good for that
1: i live outside atlanta so i have like the Atlanta accent, which is mm. just kind of yalma fuckers, right? That's uh yeah, that's that's how it is. That's there's no better way to surmise it. But um when I go see my family who lives south of the city or some of them that live like in the mountains, like I get heavy fucking southern <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's, and it's like I um I had to go down when I was still at college. there was one time I had to go down for a funeral for one of my uh, great aunts that live, like, down, like, in South Georgia, and she, and uh, they actually had me read, because my my aunt was originally supposed to read this passage from, like, the Bible or whatever, and then she was going to be crying, she was crying too much to do it, and so my dad was going to do it, but he didn't have his reading glasses, and so they're like, Sage, will you get up there and, like, read this, and I'm like, sure, but I only got, like, progressively further into my, like, proper Southern accent as I went. (laughs) <laughs> and then by the time I by the time I got back to campus like my roommate was like what the f- who the fuck are you? What is this accent you're doing? And I'm like <laughs> no that's what I norm- normally sound like. This everything else is just uh, me accidentally putting on airs.
0: Yeah, southern code <laughs> switching is real.
1: Yeah. Um, for sure.
0: Yeah. But uh, in this most recent episode of True Bullies they talk about uh like you know Jeff Bezos made however many billion dollars. I think 24. Just, yeah, in in the last month or whatever it is, maybe less than that, Jesus Christ. And they're just like, you know what? That's the enemy, and there's just no other way around it. Like, we got to kill this motherfucker. We got to kill these people because kings, they're not – like <laughs> they're
1: right. They should say it.
0: Yeah, and it's the sort of – this is something that's been on my mind a lot lately is – the 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 like increasing radicalization of everybody, no matter their political leaning, and of course th- there's the centrists who are sort of like tutting about uh, who <laughs> what are we going to do after the revolution though? Uh, oh God, that uh, that, 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 whole, that whole conversation.
1: Was... <laughs> I don't. Yeah. First off, like who gives a shit. Second right. off, like um, like I do not care about anything except destroying the american empire because like that's the only way like that is my goal politically everything i mean building worker power like having rights that stuff is cool but it's like the end game for me at least is like we have to dismantle the american empire so that socialism can actually be a thing that happened and like
0: yeah. Um, there is no there is no successful socialist or communist project in this country without dismantling the American Empire.
1: I don't think there's a successful socialist project in any country without dismantling well, yeah. the American Empire. And so Yeah, it's cons- like,
0: considering the CIA's history, yeah. yeah.
1: And so like even more than like and this is this is slightly a product of like a long history of suicidality and like getting into politics at the kind of head of that, but it's like more like more so if you want human more so than even like building although building left it's it's a weird catch 22 because building leftist power is the best way to destroy the American Empire. But when push comes to shove, if I had to choose between like like rights in the for like everybody in the heart of the empire and like destroying America. Then the only, then forget morals, like long-term, the only correct choice is destroying America. Because, like, you're just, like, if you, you cannot have America without exploitation of the third world, and, like, the sooner it balkanizes or is destroyed, maybe not the sooner. Because, you know, there is, we do need to get up to fighting strength, but, yeah you know. But well, like, you,
0: yeah, you yeah. look at the um the, the idea of, well, if we if we win rights within the system as it stands, you know, every single time that, that has notably happened in this country, it's like, OK, well, we'll write it into the law that um, everybody gets to vote and then we will come up with a million different ways to impede the vote of everybody that we yeah, don't yeah. want to vote. So it's like the the, the problem isn't the law the problem is the system which allows the law to be exploited like all of these things are a a result of american capitalism and it's like the, the core i'm in the process of finally finally writing this video that i have been like mulling Ooh. over for a very long time that is about um canon and copyright in Media, I oh, guess? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've you been talking about that a few times.
0: Yeah, I've talked about it a lot. Um, I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good concept. I know, like, every time I talk about it, people have a, long, a strong response, so I know it's one that I really need to... Actually, oh. Uh-oh. Right, you back? I don't
1: know. Yeah, I don't know why that dropped. Um, Oops. Yeah, but I'm back. Oh, well, okay. You were saying okay. about canon and copyright? yeah yeah
0: yeah um yeah like every time i i mention it it gets it gets a strong response but in this in this um uh in the script actually what am i let me look at the script now so that i can remember (laughs) what my point was going to be because i know it's um oh yeah yeah yeah. my point was going to be like you know I, i start with an illustrative example about like um you know how Nintendo will issue cease and cease and desist orders whenever, like Kotaku covers a fan game somebody has made, um, and it's really yeah. easy. It's really easy to to look at that and say, "Well, Nintendo is the bad guy. They should just let people make fan games." And the fact of the matter is, like, while I obviously disagree with Nintendo's legal choices and their general litigiousness, I also understand from a systemic perspective that copyright law makes it so that not doing so would, would be an apocalyptic event for them. Um, like not pressing charges would mean that they, from a legal perspective, if pressed in the courts, could lose control over their IP and therefore, have less ability to profit off of it. And of course, they are, as a corporation, always reporting to shareholders who are expecting infinite growth. And you know, this is just the poison in society. of society. We live in we live in a society, and the poison the of capital. The most useful phrase of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really getting a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of play these days, um, for good reason. Yeah, but the point is that it's 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 always really easy to look at a problem and sort of isolate the bad actors within that specific situation. But basically always while obviously like a bad person, say like my the first thing that popped into my head was like if there is a like a terrible prison guard, you know, that person is absolutely culpable for whatever awful exploitative shit that they do, but the wider problem is Prisons as an institution, prisons as a means of exploiting labor from a group of people. I'm like, you gotta follow the chain, <laughs> follow the money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> always follow no, the money. Seriously,
1: always <laughs> follow the money.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like, um, I was big into like, uh, detective novels and stuff kind of like that. And I always, the best ones were the ones where it's like, um, who here stands to profit from this guy dying? Yes. Like those were always the, and then you just go further and further down the rabbit hole and it like yeah. My favorite are actually ones that almost have a Lovecraftian element where just the sheer like scale of it almost drives the narrator insane.
0: Um Mhm. Mm-hmm. Because have you it seen... is like that. Yeah it is. Have you seen the film Michael Clayton?
1: No, no. I'll have uh, to put that on my list
0: yeah, it's one of my favorite films. It was up for Best Picture in two thousand seven. and uh, it's like it's it's a movie that doesn't get enough attention in my opinion because it is like a legal thriller, I guess, or legal drama. It's basically like a legal drama that does not happen in the courtroom. Um and it's okay. about it's about um a guy who is a law firm's fixer who is friends oh. with a lawyer who is the head of the uh defense of a class action lawsuit against an um, agriculture mega corporation that's been being sued because one of their weed killers gives people cancer and the the lawyer who's the head of the defense has basically been driven insane realizing that he has spent uh however many hundreds of hours of his life basically defending the murder of innocent people and goes off the like quote unquote goes off the deep end. He, he quite literally in terms of the, the, the dialogue that he, he says, like the way that he's written, he has gone into phase two. And (laughs) I want
1: to, I feel like that's a pretty good, mm -hmm. um, Segue because I I do want I want to talk about phase two.
0: We we absolutely will. Yeah. But, uh, but but, but go yeah. On, like, go on. Yeah yeah. But basically, Michael Clayton. Like I wrote about it in a college essay that I've always wanted to repurpose Queen. into a video. <laughs> that was that basically is talking about it as like a Lovecraftian thing where the all every single character is an agent of a much larger sort of organism. And what we're looking at is the play of the forces that dehumanize people in exchange for capital. And I wasn't quite on my Marxist bullshit yet at the time, (laughs) so I was I was basically describing um, I I was basically describing like the the film as an anti-capitalist text without quite going far enough. Um, But I watched it. You couldn't bring her home. Yeah, exactly. Not quite. But I, but I watched it again recently with my girlfriend, and, and she was like, oh, yeah, no, this is absolutely – yeah, so I highly recommend it. Uh, it's, it's a really good film. Michael but, um, Clayton, you said. Yes. It stars uh, George Clooney um, oh, and okay. uh, Tilda Swinton. I believe Tilda Swinton got Best Supporting Actress for, for her, her performance. Um, what happened
1: to George Clooney? I feel like he was in movies, and then suddenly he just wasn't
0: um i'm like 20 so keep that in mind right i'm sure he's still i i feel like i don't you know i don't don't know i don't know what happened to george Clooney. um i wouldn't be surprised if he turned out to be a really shitty person i i really don't know i i kind of like i i personally have i've i've stopped engaging with hollywood for a while so it's entirely possible that he's released like six movies a year for forever and i've just not noticed but um yeah
1: i mean like my family talks about like popular movies and stuff, and I I just haven't heard the name recently. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Anyways, cares. anyways.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: also, the most powerful rhetorical weapon of all time. This shit's <laughs> boring. Who
0: cares? <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good segue. Um, actually, before we get into phase two and all of yes. that, who the hell are you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, okay. We've been for like thirty minutes.
1: It's not been that long, um, yeah. So I'm a by this point notorious figure in the Pigeon Pod community, which is a uh, a podcast that Sarah hosts often that uh, surrounds Homestuck. Everyone's favorite thing to hear about on this podcast, mm-hmm. I'm sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and basically, I so it's been a really weird fucking three months because like. Three months ago, I was just, like, some asshole, right? And now I'm, like, notorious just because I'm good at posting and also because I did work for Bernie Sanders. But basically, like, at this point, I think two and a half months ago, I, like, posted in the... Well, first, okay, let me let me try and summarize this entire saga because it's bonkers. It is. So at the start of, like, the primary season, which I know feels like a year ago now, but this was, like, three months ago. <laughs> right. Um... So Kate, the main host of Pigeon Pod, um opened up a primary discussion channel in the server. And now most people on Pigeon Pod were already some degree of leftists, but you got a few like like um I don't know if I would call myself a Marxist. I'm definitely a materialist. Um yeah. but anyway, I'm like a revolutionary socialist and like been in the game a while, um, so to say. Um so I like and also, I was raised in the hellfires of um, posting on Chapo Trap House, um, so like I'm good at posting a little bit. Yeah, I don't have a Twitter because that shit's that shit's whack. But yeah, yeah, no, um, Twitter,
0: Twitter sucks.
1: But I'm good at post. The point is, I'm good at put. Po- but anyways, yeah, I somehow managed to like. So I um, had been canvassing in South Carolina. For a couple weeks, uh, like every day on the every weekend, Um, we I drove out there with some people I knew um, with the campaign and dragged my friends along a couple times. Um, And then the so I like was like, hey, can I come on the stream and talk about uh, like my experience, like canvassing in South Carolina? And so I sort of I did, and this was also at the height of kind of. Shit posting about Candy Car Cat being a big boss <laughs> XV.
0: Yes. Um, which yeah, I right.
1: actually sort of made happen because um, <laughs> because I had been writing a fic about it and convinced yeah. my friends to do some art. And that fic is now on hiatus because its political context is horrifically deprecated and I haven't figured out how to. Oh, God. Uh, that's such, that's it such it a
0: problem. Yeah yeah it's like
1: word I mean, I'm like halfway through it, and I have the rest plied out, but I'm like, I don't even know if this makes sense with like my political analysis
0: or yeah what things, I'm trying to say, yeah, things have have changed rapidly, but well, I like, yeah yeah from Scott. from my perspective, basically, um yeah we we opened up the current events, or yeah, at the time it was just discussing the primary, and we were doing like live streams during each of the uh primary vote count days and this is like you know early early days and we felt like oh yeah sanders has this in the bag um i did too to and yeah yeah exactly and then we reached it, it reached a point of like um uh i can't i can't remember which one it was i think it was the second maybe the third um whichever whichever stream it was we were feeling particularly super Tuesday. Down. yeah i think it might have been super tuesday yeah it was.
1: Yeah. i think it was super tuesday because because the first one I came on was the um was South Carolina because I talked about, like, we held the fucking line. y'all got to finish the job, yeah, uh, that was that so was the
0: one that, it, like yeah, the game was, was rigged
1: from the start, but yes,
0: yeah, it was. Yeah, we understand this now. But basically, like you showed up um, in the in the stream and gave this like in a wind tunnel really, in a wind in a, from a wind tunnel, you appeared uh wielding like fiery passion <laughs> just like no nah, you motherfuckers need to hold the line and like we don't have i don't know it just y- you basically were just like this bolt of like oh fuck yeah you're right we can't we can't sit here and feel sorry for ourselves and so now it's become a thing of like every time we do a stream it's like let's get let's get big boss Carcat in here <laughs> <laughs> to,
1: yeah
0: to, to give a to give a message to the troops give some to
1: fire like, and blood Fred. Yeah. yeah. You gotta rally the troops. You have to. It's important.
0: Yeah. And now it's like uh in in another server some of us were chatting. Um there was whatever person, this is just like one example, but like what somebody in the I i think the book club chat was talking about like you know i think we need a philosophical basis for understanding revolution so for that we need to read confucius and you were you were uh going off on them and we were sort of like watching that from afar and it was like oh thank god that thank god sage is in there doing this work because i just can't be bothered anymore thank god God someone's good at posting thank god somebody (laughs) in this fucking website is good at posting (laughs) um but yeah so you are also um you're 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 transgender is that correct allegedly allegedly how do you describe yourself i guess that's how i should ask that question
1: yeah i don't i don't know i guess um i'm like a i'm a non-binary trans sapphic i guess i'm trans femme not exactly a woman. Um.
0: It's such a hard thing to navigate. Yeah. For yourself. Uh, I
1: mean, honestly, I just don't, like, really. It's like, I use they, them. address Mm -hmm. however the fuck I want. People will give me shit about it. They can fuck off or get stabbed. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, like, there's not much more to it than that. It's like, I'm going to, like, vibe how I want. I am... I wouldn't call myself a lesbian, but I would call myself sapphic, which is a distinction that basically only matters to me. Right. Um... But you know, terminology is fake. Who cares?
0: Right. The the words only matter insofar as they help you understand yourself and um yeah. help you communicate yourself to the people that you care to communicate to. Um yeah, I think in in another another chat we were discussing like the 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 concept of passing and like being misgendered and the I don't know that i i this is something i've been feeling a lot lately i i have i've felt like i am like regressing in my transition a bit and i've been very i think the like I'm, I'm approaching having been on hrt for two years now and i'm at a point where i like look in the mirror and i'm like well certain things have progressed and then other things it's like well you know my my facial hair has stayed th- relatively the same but it now makes me feel even more dysphoric than it used to because you know everything else has moved along and
1: yeah part of the reason i'm i'm vibing so hard actually is because my worst dysphoria comes from my like jawline and like mouth area basically and also i have like bad teeth um Mm -hmm. because i was horrifically depressed in high school and like failed braces um so it just ended up making it worse in the long run and at some point i'm gonna have to get them fixed but yeah not for a while um but now that i basically like only see people i already like know accept and love me or like i'm out wearing a face mask it's like oh this this just rules actually i never want yeah i never want to go back (laughs) 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 right
0: yeah no i i get it i you know i there is a lot to be said for, you know, I'm, I'm staying with my girlfriend in Ireland right now. And it's like, we can't, we can't exactly leave. So it's just, I've just been around people that I, I know. Um, and, and so it's like, I, I chat with p- folks that I know online and the only people who perceive me are the people who I want to perceive me. So
1: yeah, it is kind of nice like that.
0: Yeah. Um. So what's phase two? So Let's talk about phase okay. Two.
1: Phase 2. <laughs> so we alluded to it earlier. Um yeah. but I think I would now I've been I got really depressed about uh we'll say like August last year because I was like like why the fuck am I like going to college? Like the world is fucking like like I could because I was like a good materialist. It's like oh the economy's like smoke and mirrors and it's going to go to shit soon and I didn't think it would be this soon but um, <laughs> you know hate being right yeah. sometimes um, so I was like why the fuck I'm in college and now I've like dropped out so I'm better but um, I might mm. go to trade school but who cares um, Yeah, at least not right now anyway
0: Hey everybody, going to interrupt our conversation here real quick to tell you about a couple of other shows on the Lunar Light Studio Network. First up is Mock Footage. We all have that friend who has somehow never seen any movies, and if you don't, well, you probably are that friend. Either way, mock footage is for you. Every Thursday, Ray invents a plot summary for a movie he's never seen, and Joe makes sure he doesn't miss any important details. Then they watch the the movie together and judge how right or wrong Ray was on it. It is a wild ride and really about sharing fun media with your closest friends. You can find mock footage at com or wherever else you might look for podcasts. I guested on this show uh, to watch Young Frankenstein, and that was... Genuinely a very fun experience, so go listen to mock footage. The other show I'm going to tell you about is Netflix and Kill, a podcast for horror enthusiasts who want to watch something on Netflix, and there's just too much variety, so they want some recommendations. Basically, the show, Kyla and Marty uh, pick a show from, pick a movie, sorry, from Netflix, a horror film, and watch it and review it, and then say whether you should go watch it. I've guessed it on two episodes now. I know the first one we watched, oh, what was that awful movie, uh, <laughs> The Eye, starring, I almost said Jennifer Connelly, that's incorrect, doesn't matter, um, that one was bad, but then I also was on to talk about The Ring, and that was actually much better, uh, those were both good, They're, it's a good podcast, good, Kyle and Marty you are great people, go check them out. Um, you can find that show every other Tuesday on LunarLightStudio.com or wherever your podcasts may lurk. All right, well, that's the ads. Back to the show. But phase two
1: is essentially like. So I think of sanity in almost a love, like in almost a Lovecraftian sense, where it's like, sanity is a measure of how well you can fit into what we call normal society mm-hmm. so I've never been, I have not for a long time been particularly sane by that measure uh, even if I'm decently well put together and like can take care of myself um, or like happy like I'm still not a lot of the time by that standard, what you would call sane um, but now the circumstances have changed drastically and like um, your worldview has to adapt in that like basically you have to you have to figure out what the thing is that will give you like the strength to fight instead of just like kind of like going through life like normally which for me because i was already had been horrifically depressed for a while like and i was also basically social distancing because i had to move back home but like i was pretty well prepared for this um and that's why I'm like doing pretty well, because um, like, I've been in I've been in the fucking hyperbolic time chamber. Um, right. And Brace Belden, who <laughs> may not yes. have coined the term phase two, but definitely exemplifies it. Um, yeah. Uh, my I am sometimes jokingly referred to as the spiritual leader of <laughs> the pigeon pod streams, but like, yeah. and I, I talked about this on the intermission, and it's like. If I'm a bishop or whatever, then Brace Belden is my Pope. Like Yeah. Um, so
0: yeah, Brace Belden is one of the hosts of the True Anon podcast. And king. Just, Absolute king. It's it's Batman. it's it's fucking wild. Um, he's phase the two the best those, poster of all time. He's he's an incredible poster. Um I, I will read this email that's announcing a live stream for yes. Tonight, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um So I have declared total war on colonial dignidad, which is no longer a collection of pedophiles and death squads, but the entire state of California, possibly the country as a whole. The Cuban military have denied me the use of their headache beams. (laughs) So I'm forced to use my hands. So be it. I will see you tonight. This is the Patreon email he sent out for the a Twitch stream. (laughs) he's so good i
1: i think phase two is a mix of like accepting internally that like we no longer live in a reality that by any conventional measure makes sense yes almost like leaning into it because that's the like the only way to keep yourself sane with a lot of stuff like this or not sane but let's say functional um it's a better term i think that is to like lean into it and like almost let the madness overtake you a bit and like like if you don't laugh you will cry and um you can only do that you can only cry so much um the way i see it
0: yeah Um, i would i would say um phase two as a mindset is like we um I think everybody has this feeling, like when we were talking about the trailbillies earlier, where sometimes we <laughs> get uh, pissed off about people. I think I joked about this in a video I did ages ago, um, <laughs> where it's where I like sort of talked around this feeling of like, you know, sometimes there might be some political figures who say certain words that make you want to hypothetically beat them over the head with a baseball bat. For instance, and this is a thing that I find myself thinking a lot about. Um, hypothetically, in a parodic sense, Mitch McConnell, grave of democracy, and I, I like, I feel this like visceral hatred in me, and then I feel uh, immediately upon that sense, there's like a cop in my brain that grabs that emotion and says, "No, this is bad. Walk phase away." Phase two is
1: killing the cop in your brain.
0: Yes, phase two is like you know what. No rules, no gods, no masters. Just yes, yes, (laughs) just like there is nothing except like,
1: like if there, if all there is in this hellish earth is like the unholy like maelstrom that we are faced with, then the only way to stand against it is to let yourself feel that rage and fucking like, like scream and like go like it's it's going feral in a sense, but it It is. is also like. Holding on to that feralness in a way that is productive because you can't just lose it. Like, yeah. um, it's like, um, I don't, it's like you have to, <laughs> it's almost like there's a sort of, it's like a pressure cooker almost. And so you kind of have to let the steam off sometimes. And phase two is juggling it where you're not you're not letting so much steam out that you like don't have the energy to continue, but you're not going into critical meltdown either. Yeah, like I would sing this line.
0: Yeah, I would say it's like there is a temptation upon witnessing the world as it stands right now with the pandemic and the global rise of fascism accelerating and all of these awful things that are happening everywhere. There's a temptation to fall into nihilism. And sort of like disconnect and say there's nothing anybody can do at all and it doesn't matter or whatever um and i think phase two is the sort of like acceptance of yes all these awful things are happening and the, there's a there's a, a feeling like the words that i say could have any kind of impact on uh, these structures of power. No, not at all whatsoever. So it doesn't matter what I say. And I don't need to be afraid about saying things that might offend somebody because we are all terminally offended by capitalism as, as a whole and the, the political structures it encourages. And contingent with that is the, that's not the right word. At the same time as that, there's um, the the other sense of like, there are material things that can and must be done, and these are the only things that matter. So, making masks, uh, building local networks—like one of the things that 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 uh, talked about—that uh, Kate has picked up on—is like f- pick six friends that are, you are that are now your responsibility, and say like, no matter what happens, I'm going to make sure that you do not die. Like I'm going to make sure that these six people will make it through to the end of this crisis. And it's like that sort of thing of like, you know, all the rest of the shit doesn't fucking matter anymore. And it's, it's, it's what it means to you is sort of, it it, it varies from person to person, I think, but it, it ties into the other thing that you brought up of like, this is the most boring shit that this, this shit's boring. Who cares? It's like, We've I, I feel like, you know, I'm 31 now. I felt like so much of my life has been wasted humoring all of these hypothetical conversations about like, well, yeah, we should do something, but what if now isn't the right time? Or what if this or what if that? And it's like I, I'm just done. I'm done with these fucking hypothetical philosophical conversations. Like I'm I'm done like worrying worrying the ruffles of my petticoat, like Oh my God! Is something that I say going to piss off the centrists? I must, I must win the the approval of everybody, or else I will be destroyed. And it's like, no, I will destroy you if you wish to yes, come at me. Yes, If you wish to come, come at me, me motherfucker,
1: <laughs> if, fuck around and find out. Exactly.
0: Yeah, you, you want you want to you want to worry about me joking about murdering politicians? I will, I will meet you in a Denny's parking lot, and I will show you the face of God. Get out of my house. I will kill God. Get out of <laughs> I will, here. I will kill God. You think I God. can't?
1: You want to find <laughs> out? Do you really want to try me?
0: And I think there's a lot of people, like we've seen this in the Pod server. This is such a meta conversation. Like we're talking about- It is. So, so many levels of, but there's there's another, there, there have been a series of conversations in the Pod server in, uh, in the Current Events channel. Like I have people hearing- like you say shit like this and me and other people kind of go it's down the same road. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, Cause I'm a good poster. You are. Um, <laughs> but people, people hearing this rhetoric and getting like really worried and being like, well, I don't know if this is the right way. And I am, I oppose bi- violence and all of this stuff. And I, I have been thinking a lot about this because I absolutely would have fallen into that camp at an earlier point in my life. Maybe not even that long ago. Uh, I used to describe myself as a, as a pacifist and like uh, used to be very anti-gun. And now I'm at a position of like understanding the material conditions of the world. Hey. Um, But I, I, I think an important step of like deconstructing these like little hypothetical debates that keep happening is recognizing that when we're talking about norms and we're talking about violence, we are not talking about uh, neutral concepts. Like, what do we define as violence? Like, we'll, you know, somebody. Um, if if I were to punch my landlord in the face, that would be violent, and that would be. It would that not would, be that, enough. Well, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It would be less. Than <laughs> yeah. but, but like, hypothetically, like, if we're looking at it from the the normative perspective, right? You punch a landlord, that's a crime. But if a landlord evicts you, that is not a crime. And it's like punching a landlord materially doesn't affect them, except maybe if you punch them hard enough and they go to the hospital. And even then, they have enough wealth hoarded up, most likely that they will don't have to worry about it. But if I they would... ev- if they evict tenants, like that's hype that, that that's very possibly uh promising a group of, a person or a group of people like death on the streets that is that is that is second degree murder at at, at, at yeah. best i
1: I do think and this is actually strangely I was having a huge war internally over this uh, about a year ago and um I had some comrades recommend uh trotskys their moral and their morals and ours, which is a fantastic essay that uh, basically says morality is fucking stupid. It's constructed by the bourgeois class, like mm-hmm. really to an extent. The like what matters is the material interests and like solidarity politics. Um, and I, I mean, I have I don't agree with Trotsky on everything, but I think that essay is very much worth reading. And then Zizek's, uh, I think it's just called violence, but it's mm-hmm. all about the sort of how we construct notions and narratives of violence and when it is okay. And when it is not. And I would almost say like my argument would be that punching your landlord is violence and that's cool. Uh, right. Like, it's because it's because they are your enemy. And like, you shouldn't think of and he, you must simultaneously understand that these are human beings, like these are people. And so that, you know, but that they are also people that have made choices and you can hold, you are allowed to hold them responsible. And if you are able to, it is your duty to hold them responsible. And like, and it does like I got in a couple, of, I um have been flirting with some different gender presentation in high school and some kids in my drama program started giving me shit about it. And so I like beat their ass and then like they didn't, give me any trouble about it and you know there's a lot to be said about toxic masculinity and how that in my case worked in my favor a little because they didn't and because they would have been um, ostracized for going and bitching about somebody beating their ass Um, right yeah like there's a lot there but the fundamental thing that I took away from it and I think that took me a lot of time and guilt and like talking with people to unpack is like that's not only okay, but it's cool and good and, like, you should, like, fight people. If you, have yeah. the, if you have the strength of will and, like, the physical ability, like, it's your duty.
0: Yeah. I think we are in a historical moment now where it's, it's very, very, very likely that in the, very, in the near future we're going to see... I mean, the fucking president has already been inciting the violence from the right on on state governments because they, they the president wants us to subject millions of people to the coronavirus so that Chili's can open um ter- we've been describing it as the Chile's death march line must go up we must have higher stonks or else we have given up the right stonks. to live and it's it, like we're we're very clearly like there's you know the balkanization of the states is happening with uh the various like coalitions of states that have emerged that are like well if the president says we need to reopen the economy immediately we probably are not going to do that because we don't want millions of people to die and i th- it, it, we're we're very clearly approaching a tipping point if we're not already oh, well yeah. past it yeah, and no. i don't think you the hypothetical you as a listener do not need to yourself be solid snake you do not need to be somebody no. who's like oh yeah i'm going to carry a gun at all times and murder whoever stands against me or whatever that is not that's not what we're saying here
1: yeah no no uh,
0: i i like obviously violence is not preferable but violence is being done upon us at all times and what we're learning is we look back over successful revolutions in the past and say like rent strikes in particular even successful social movements yeah successful social movements have always had the backing of like not just successful protest but also the threat of violence you have to on be other side. Threat. they will yeah. not
1: and bernie sanders proved this if you are not a threat they will not respect you like the only thing these people understand is like the threat of material or economic or physical harm and so your only your only option is either to if you are if you have the stomach or are willing is to present that or to support people who are able to do that or is to present the like to understand that they are necessary but like say where the compromise like you can look at like like you you're the you would be the reasonable friend that is holding like fam, if you if if my bro was right here, if he wasn't holding me back back, I'd fucking beat your ass. Like <laughs> that's that's the vibe. Like yeah, um, that is a dynamic that is necessary for society to fun to change is Yeah. I
0: like, would I would I would say it's it's a situation where um I, I, I. At this point, it feels like a stereotype to quote uh, Martin Luther King at any point, but has the uh, what I what I reflect on often is like the um, the the biggest threat to the movement is the white moderate. Um, Oh yeah, and especially in tandem with his statement that um, riots are the voice of the oppressed, where it is like, if you are somebody who is sort of like concerned. And I think concern in like, you know, capital C concern has become its own sort of loaded term now where it feels like it's it's basically a centrist standing on the sidelines and being like, well, there are Nazis who are beating people up. And then there are anti-fascists who are beating people up. Both are bad because to the centrist, it's like it doesn't the moral, the moral fact backing an action is irrelevant it all that all that matters is what it looks like it's the optics and And it's literally it's literally the opposite the only thing that matters
1: is the like is the effect of sid action like um
0: and so you you as the hypothetical listener very very rapidly need to confront and kill the cop in your head and kill the, the cop sit, in your head. Kill the cop in your head. Find the little neoliberal centrist that's burrowed into your brain. And I'm still in the process of doing this. Um, that 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 is telling you to like, what about both sides? What about like I don't know, it, 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 the fact is that there is no version of the near future or the far future where whatever revolution manifests over time. Uh, there is no version of that where everybody is happy, where we don't make mistakes, where shit doesn't uh, go south in some places. Um, this is just a this is just a fact. Like there is no such thing as a perfect social movement, a perfect revolution. We are figuring, we are always, constantly, presently figuring this shit out as it happens. But you have to understand, like the worst is already being done to us right now do not make the mistake of assuming that the normal is neutral, that like the status quo is oh, somehow. That's a, that's like... a
1: good phrase. <laughs> Thank you. I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do not make the mistake of assuming that the status quo is somehow like, you know, the preferable option, like some like violence in favor of changing the status quo so that less violence can be done overall is a good thing actually. Um yeah, that's 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 sort of where I'm at.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, I think actually I've been thinking about this not recently but a fair bit in the past. Like there is so there is a part of me that like uh like and I will I will remember this like dream for the rest of my life. But there was like literally like this kind of specter of toxic masculinity that had manifested as something that was like hunting my sister. And it, like, caved its head in with a coffee pot, uh, which is weird because I don't drink coffee. That's always a detail that's, uh, it's, huh. presence has eluded me. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, that was, like, that was something that I underwent. I don't, like, that was a dream I had, like, a year and a half ago, and I, like, woke up feeling great. It's, like, like, I think if, to a large degree, if you are trans, like, you are already used to this process of, like, Rooting out the shit buried in your skull, yes. and like murder, torching it with fire, like a skull, like whatever, you know. I please send in your uh whatever weapon your like internal self uses to kill the bad thing because I'm sure it's interesting. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, send that send that in the email. I'm sure Sarah will read them. Um, yeah. I want to read them so she should Oh yeah I but...
0: I read I read a lot of I get a lot of emails That's cool that's cool Not A lot um, of
1: It's like you are and you know me in particular because of my age and when I transitioned like like to an extent I feel like I was like born for this like this is what my life has been leading up to and the pope brace belden um had a thing had a thing where he talks about like this is like like, if you're, like, kind of had a shitty life and, like, just scraped by most of it and, like, are used to, like, living in squalor a bit and, like, being cooped up in your house, like, this is your time, baby. This is the mm-hmm. year of the rat, man. Man being gender nonspecific here. But, um, like, you just, like, it's, it's <laughs> the year of the rat, baby. Like, go big or go home. And that's, that's what I feel like. Like, I have never been, and that's why I've been able to be so active in like pushing this um, community left and holding the line against bad posts um is because like, I'm fucking vibing, like the world is ending, and it is a great and terrible thing. and th- this is a part of phase two, too, is like you have to accept and internalize that like things are drastically changing, life will never be the same, and that is that is both a great and a terrible thing. um. Yeah, But, you know, once you get there, it's straight-up vibes.
0: Yes. It is. It is just vibes. It is all... I don't know. I have found more of a sense of community in the last four or five weeks than I've had in a while. And I think it is notable that the vast, vast majority of the people that I'm, like, uh, working with, that we're all sort of on the same page, are all, like, trans femme or non-binary. Um and there's some there's some I should say just like trans in general. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's it I do I, I I have harped on this a number of times in in this podcast before. And I've pulled up this article that I uh, I have referenced a number of times. That's um uh, uh, uh two two spirits, one heart, five genders which is a uh, oh, a I piece. think I, I
1: think I read that at some point. Probably probably you recommended it or
0: yeah, somewhere. But um,
1: yeah, that's really good.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. where is the bit that I always think of?. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, Indians believe this is so the 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 website here is Indian Country Today. This is written by an indigenous American um author it is I, I i always whenever they say indians in the native american sense i feel like it's important to understand that like the terminology that's being used is 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 always different depending on which school of thought people are anyway um let's let's see uh indians believed that a person who was able to see the world through the eyes of both genders at the same time was a gift from the creator traditionally two-spirit people held positions within their tribes that earned them great respect such as medicine men women shamans visionaries mystics conjurers keepers of the tribes oral traditions confers of lucky names for children and adults um it has been said that crazy horse received his name from a wink day which is a uh a uh there, there are many different names for the, the role of the, the two-spirit person in different uh, indigenous American cultures. Uh, part of the point of this particular article is that there, the, the term two-spirit is not universally applicable many different cultures, et cetera, et cetera. Um, nurses during war, war expeditions, cooks, matchmakers, and marriage counselors, jewelry, feather regalia makers, potters, weavers, singers, artists, in addition to adopting orphan children and tending to the elderly, Female body two-spirits were hunters, warriors, engaged in what was typically men's work, by all accounts were always fearless. Um, I find, yeah, traditional Native Americans closely associated uh, two-spirited people with having a high functioning intellect, possibly from a life of self-questioning, keen artistic skills and an exceptional capacity for compassion. Uh, rather than being social dead enders as within Euro-American culture today, they were allowed to fully participate within traditional tribal social structures. Yeah, there's there's a lot to go in there, and I I I, I always hesitate about this connection because I don't want to exoticize or um, tokenize or anything like this. But I do think it is there is it's always felt to me that there is something about the condition of being transgender which is dispositionally breaking boundaries where you, there are, there is this basic norm socially that we have built up. And there's something about being trans that like you, you see through it. And once you've broken that once boundary you break
1: one veil, yeah. Then it's the so rest easier of them fall to break away. All the rest
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there is a long history of trans people throughout uh, all cultures, that systemically gets erased and part of the one of the things that this article goes into is how um how like european culture quite specifically sought to wipe out um two-spirit or gender nonconforming peoples within native american cultures like they saw that explicitly as a threat
1: you are and i i, I want to tell everyone listening to this you are a threat Like, yes, you are powerful, you're a threat. They are right to be scared of you. Like, um, and they should be scared of you because you implicitly, like, through your existence, threaten everything that they believe to be true. And, um, and it's so much easier, I think. Like, you know, if you at 17 or at 25 or 30, at whatever age, if you willingly undergo what basically amounts to some extent to like ego death to like break the bounds of society and figure out what how, how the fuck to be happy, then it's like that is a threat to capitalism, and that's right. why it sucks, but that's why they treat you as such. And kind of like the phase two thing, I the way I cope with it is like I lean into it, like I walk like it now. I'm major, major. Discretion here. I'm white, so I can get right. away with some stuff that like people of color can't. But you know, I walk, I dress how I want. I walk like I carry a knife. I walk like I'll fucking fight a bitch. Like, and yeah. for the most part, people leave me alone. And it's like because like rather than looking at me as like, oh, that's dangerous and needs to be stamped out, it's that's dangerous. I don't want to fuck with them. Yeah, and like i i think honestly one of the key things is like just cultivating music and people and friends and things that make you feel like powerful and dangerous um because like we are going to at least a significant portion of us are going to have to be dangerous yes uh in the near future and you know i if you can answer that call, especially if you are predisposed to be able to answer that call, because you know you are trans and you have, to an extent, like I always think of it as like, well, what the fuck do I have to lose? Like, mm-hmm. like what? If, like in this world, I was never going to have a good life anyway. So let's try and grab the reins for a bit and go for broke. Um, yeah. No. Like, it, the,
0: what do the, you have to lose? What yeah. do you have to lose? Yeah, the world—the the world is a dangerous place, and the uh, the hegemony in control at the moment is uh, constantly looking for ways to exploit and destroy you. So, become dangerous.
1: Yeah, uh, I I would heavily recommend. Um... Oh, fuck, I think it's I think it's called. Let me let me actually find it real quick. Um, I know okay. I have it laying around. There's a book that I heavily recommend. It's written by a, uh, I believe, an Asian Canadian woman. Um, it's it's called uh, "Fierce Femmes and Notorious Liars," um, the memoir of a dangerous trans girl, and it's it's dope as shit. Like, I feel like I've heard probably my, I've mentioned to yet to you. Like seven okay. times. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's I, Yeah. Like I ne- like anytime we talk about like dangerous trans women at all, I'm like, read this book. Read the- yeah. it's about being dangerous and how that's cool and like. Yeah. Uh, it's seriously, I think my favorite like book of all time. But also Godfields. Godfields is about being oh, a dangerous trans woman. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I may have something had something I've been working on. I don't know when I'll have the energy to actually write it. Particularly now that I'm working like 50 hours a week, but yeah. Um, but I, I will have something coming down the pipe eventually. I hope about being a dangerous trans woman. Um, Exciting,
0: yeah. I guess yeah. Um, we're, since we're, we should probably wrap this up. Um, yeah, yeah. Where where can people find you if if you wish to be found?
1: So the only you can find me. If you're in basically pigeon pod adjacent ser- uh, servers, you can just like at me or whatever. I'm Baked Potato Cat. I'm also Baked Potato Cat on AO3, um, which is where basically everything um, that I have is. Actually, I have a bunch of poetry that I need to put in a format that I can link somewhere. But yeah, I don't have yeah. a Twitter or anything. I don't even have a. At at this point, I've been considering getting a Snapchat because a bunch of my friends have one, but it's. I I never, I never
0: use it. I never use it.
1: (laughs) That's like it's just gonna take up space on my phone. Um, but uh, yeah, basically all I have is Discord and Ao3. So if you want to, if you want to be nice to me on those, then cool. Otherwise, like, I don't exist. Whatever.
0: Yeah, I would recommend to get the, the perfectly generic podcast server is open. Um, you can find Pigeon pod on Twitter and you'll find the, the discord link there. We're currently working on a book club, a leftist book club podcast, and we're in the process yeah, yeah, of yeah. reading uh state and revolution. And we've had a lot of really good conversations there about a lot of things. We also have been doing a weekly <laughs> Pigeon pod tonight sort of, a variety show type thing that's basically just been repurposing the energy of the um, uh, the primary live streams because they were so like spiritually and politically rejuvenating for everybody who was there. He wanted to make them a more consistent thing, so do one of those every week. Um, that's a good place to f- f- be be plugged in, both for my activities and for yours. Um, yeah,
1: and I'm also. Not sure when, but I'm looking at starting my own podcast because this Ooh. is pretty fun. Um, it's probably I've talked to Kate. She said uh, uh, I'm welcome to host it on the Pigeon Pod uh, Network. Yeah, uh, Network. Yes. Um, so, but it's it's called Incoming Transmission, um, and it's <laughs> about uh, it's me and my friend uh, Lily, who goes by Banana online, and it's about sort of um building a because like you have this sort of canon of of like liberal ideology with stuff like Harry Potter and The Office of mm. Parks and Rec so it's building a like a queer dirtbag leftist canon and analyzing various things through that lens so i mean we will be answering fun questions like um like, explain imperialism using Dragon Ball Z. Um, oh, my
0: God. Yeah,
1: it's, it's going to be chaos, but hopefully pretty fun. And we've worked out a pretty good format where I think we can get it going a while Exciting. as soon as I figure shit out. And I've got uh, one of my real-life friends has agreed to produce, um, so that's great because I don't know awesome. shit about audio. Yeah, yeah that's so that's, uh, that'll be coming down the pipe. If you're yeah, come on the Pigeon Pod server. It's even if you don't like Homestuck, it's just a good place to hang out. Um, yeah, there's a
0: lot of other non-Homestuck channels. Yeah, um, and also maybe I maybe one of us will convince you to read Homestuck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> eh. Anyway, eh. that, shit's <laughs> shit? yeah. that, shit's,
1: that shit's boring.
0: Who cares? Yeah, that's just boring. Homestuck sucks.
1: <clears throat> Homestuck sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god anyway thank you for coming on the show thank
1: you for having me yeah this was fun all i right. always like it makes me feel so important to stumble ass backwards into weirdly hijacking other people's platforms to talk about how you should beat up cops
0: yeah um, no i yeah. i lived i lived to be hijacked all right <laughs> <laughs> all right Bye.
1: bottom Bye.
0: <laughs> Bye. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. If you like this show and you want to support me making more, why not go to patreon.com slash L-T-A-S to give a little as dollar a month. You can also support the Learner Light Studio Network at learnlight Light... Uh, it, uh, pu- you can also support the... You can also support the Lunar Light Studio Network at patreon.com slash lunarlighthq. You can find me on Twitter at HMSNoFun, or for just show updates, you can go to at transqpodcast. I think that's correct. The link's in the show notes. The cover art is by Deer Witch. The intro music is by Molly Noise. As always, if you have questions, thoughts, or comments, you can email me at transquestioningpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening to the show, and I will see you again soon.